Hello and welcome to the Letter Day Ain'ts podcast. This is a special episode today. Uh, me and Lou uh, would like to to uh, discuss some of the things happening um, at BYU right now and some of the messy, really unfortunate things happening right now. Um, but we're still going to have a great time. And uh, we're here. It feels like forever since we've sat down and recorded. Uh, so I'm excited, honestly, even though some of the things we're talking about are kind of heavy and kind of sad. Um, but hopefully we can um, help reach out and let people know that they're not, that they're not alone. Um, how you doing, Lou? I'm doing all right, man. Yeah. A little tired emotionally and physically. Yes. Yeah. You've had a had a big day. Uh, how's that pizza treating you? Pizza's delicious. Dude, yeah. I'm glad to finally be eating. He's, it is 5 p.m. and Lou is eating his breakfast right now. <laughs> I just had a busy day. He's been man. running errands and he's he's had a big day today. And uh, he's uh, treating himself to some pizza and whiskey. God bless him. <laughs> God bless America. Right. So uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks here in Utah. Um, boy, I, to be a fly on the wall at church headquarters right now. I could not imagine. Right. I have a friend who works at church headquarters. Do you? And, and yeah, I mean, I have several friends that work at church headquarters, but one in particular who I was talking to just the other day. But we weren't talking about like the BYU stuff. Right. And I just, I wonder what his thoughts are because I know that he's a, uh, I know that he and I agree on a lot of things, especially the stuff that's kind of going on right now, um, okay. at least in, in a large part. Right. But I wonder if he feels like he can't talk about it. I wonder what it's like for him, I guess, because he is kind of that fly on a wall. Sure. If working at church headquarters is what I think it is, you know? Right. So, you know, several people who work at church headquarters. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. How do you know so many people who work there? Um, a lot of, so I went to BYU and have a lot of friends who have gone on from BYU to work in the church and be interested in careers in that aspect. Right. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So. And they're still really good friends, by the way. I love them to death. Right. So just a, just a quick little rundown. So on, I believe it was February 19th, um, the church announced um, changes to both. Well, they announced changes with the church handbook, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. And also that same day, I believe, unless I'm mistaken. That's right. They they made some changes in the wording. So originally the wording in the honor code was, uh, quote, no sexual relations between members of the same sex. In addition to, quote, um, all forms of physical intimacy that give expression to homosexual feelings, which most people assume um, includes hugging, holding hands, cuddling, kissing, or dating. And, um, and BYU officials have said that. Specifically, people have been reported to the honor code for said things um, a lot over the years. So, um, what's, what's interesting about that? So, yeah. both of those were released on the same day. The handbook was announced. 
the changes to the honor code were not announced. Right. That was just something that was all of a sudden. So, so I just told you what originally was the wording, um, but they removed that specific wording to be a, a little bit more vague and not specific. And a lot of people took that as, oh, like we can hold hands and, and hug now, you know? Right. But just think like they didn't announce that. So somebody was going to the honor code to look for that section or, or was aware enough of that topic right. to recognize that that section had been removed. And then it just exploded, at, at least in my from what I saw, exploded on Twitter for sure, um, probably in other places as well. Um, but I, I just think that's interesting that like it matters enough to people that even if the church or in BYU doesn't announce it, somebody's going to find it because this is a topic that is affecting a lot of members of the church and students at BYU especially. Yeah, uh, people deserve to know the specifics. And uh, so it was a weird day because with just the handbook alone, there were so many changes, some progressive, some regressive. Uh, so it was a weird, confusing day for everybody. That's right. And and now now this is my opinion that I think, in my opinion, that the church wanted to throw a bunch of changes out at once, some progressive, some regressive, some good, some bad, um, creating a sort of wash, so to speak, uh, which is a term used in the media where you throw out good and bad at the same time, ho- hoping that they'll kind of equal each other out. Um, which, you know, they're trying to toe that line. Um, that's just my opinion that, you know, maybe wasn't a planned or orchestrated thing. Maybe it was, I don't know. Um, but this is receiving national attention at this point. Um, this isn't just Utah Twitter. It's, there are, I've seen New York Times, um, many, you know, national level, media outlets um talking about this yeah and it's really kind of interesting to watch um former 49ers quarterback steve young uh posted to his twitter saying that he stands with and supports the lgbt at byu did he write a tweet where he said that or did he share like an image he shared an image that said i stand with and support is that the one from instagram i believe so Okay, because I, cause I, I've seen a lot of people sharing the same one. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people, like, adding that to their stories. Yeah. And I think it's from somebody in particular who is involved in the BYU Mormon LGBT community. Okay. I feel like I, I'm not personally involved with um, all of those communities and, and like, the, inter- the intersect of them. But I think it's somebody that's fairly well known. Or at least that people in that community know. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick. Yes, it was from Instagram. It was from D. Ranney. D-E-R-A-N-E-Y. It was from his, it was like a screenshot from his story. Uh, It says, I stand with the LGBTQ plus students of BYU. Um, But yeah, it's been getting a lot of, um, it's been getting a lot of national attention. A lot of people are paying attention to this. A lot of students, both of the LGBTQ plus and outside of that community are unhappy and they want 
they want transparency they want answers they want consistency and that it's just like a big murky cloud of confusion because they don't want to again my opinion they don't want to own up to their homophobia they want to they want to have it both ways they want to be just and i've said this before they want to be just progressive enough to keep to keep the lgbtq in the church but not quite progressive enough to let them express who they really are so so that's unfortunate and a lot of people aren't happy about that i actually my perception on this and this is strictly my opinion i don't i i don't know for certain that this is the case okay. i don't think the church actually cares about keeping the lgbt membership i think the reason for removing that specific part of the honor code had to do with um the supreme court adding gender and sexuality to the list of protected um i forget what it is uh, protected groups or or whatever right um you know what i'm getting at i <clears throat> no i hadn't heard of that i mean i know what you're saying but i haven't i hadn't heard of that so like when you think of like harassment or um pre like prejudice I'm, I'm forgetting the word but like if you ever t like watch an hr video what at, at your job right okay. they talk about like code of conduct and things that you can't do right. you can't um you can't not hire somebody for example you can't not hire a woman because she's pregnant and you can't not hire uh, a potential employee because they're you know 50 years old or something like that like these are all uh, categories that are protected and if I'm not mistaken it was in the past year or so that the Supreme Court had solidified uh, um, um, that gender and sexuality are also included as protected categories so you can't discriminate against those categories. How recently was this? So I, I actually don't know this for certain. Um, that's kind of why I'm saying like oh, this, okay. is, this is strictly an opinion. Right. right. Um, but I would definitely say that the church saying that you can be punished, right? So the BYU saying that you can be punished like academically, uh, you can have your student status revoked um, as a result of your sexuality or expressing that sexuality. Uh, outside of like the simple like you can't have sex like I, I don't know that that's that the whole law of chastity thing is is necessarily a big deal but very specifically it's like the homosexuality section of the honor code flew in the face of some anti-discrimination laws so so all I'm saying is that yes. the, the church removing that wasn't about making LGBT students feel more welcome on campus it was about not putting in jeopardy their status as an accredited university by virtue of their discrimination included in their policy so they remove the policy and now legally they're they they're under no obligation to change right because they conform to current laws but they even if it's not in the policy they can continue to enforce these unwritten rules and i think what how we see the church deal with that coming forward and, and in fact the timeline over the past couple of weeks kind of indicates to me um, and like, you know, judge it for yourself, but it indicates to me that the church actually had intended on doing that, removing the policy from the honor code, but then still allowing like bishops, for example, to remove your e ecclesiastical endorsement for not obeying the law of chastity, which includes rules about homosexuality, transgenderism, things like that. 
Yeah. Wow. Um, I would not be surprised if you were right about that. Yeah. I, I apologize for going off on a tangent there. Like that's no, that's it's, important. It's that's, a really complex. These past couple of weeks have been very complex. Yeah, yeah. I even took a break. You know, I took a break from Twitter basically for the last half of this week because I was just like, I can't take another, you know, a, another rise and fall on this roller coaster. Right. Right. No. Yeah. I. That sounds very plausible. Uh, that that could be part of the motivation there. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here. It's a very, it's this complex, uh, political thing. And, um, man, that's really sad that, that they are, you know, cause the, the church comes first, you know, it's all about, um, it's all about protecting the church legally and, um, that comes even before the PR part of it, I believe, right. which is, um, yeah, it's, it's so interesting cause you know, they're able to do that, but yeah, the, the, but then they're also, you know, shoving the proclamation, the family proclamation in the face of the LGBT. So, so that's actually like, do you know about like, I, I'm sure that you're aware of like that this has been a topic for several weeks, but like the different rises and falls of this whole process. What whole process? So you, I think you mentioned February 19th. I don't have dates here, but whenever the handbook changed, that's the day that the honor code was updated. Right. And so by about noon that day, all of the LGBT BYU students, I mean, not all of them, but many of the LGBT BYU students and allies were just rejoicing over this and kids were going and um taking pictures in front of the, the brigham young statue right in front of right right in front of the uh the smoot building and right. you know they were kissing holding hands and doing doing whatever kind of expressing pride um but that very afternoon byu released a statement or tweeted out something on um on twitter and said just because we removed these policies doesn't mean that they won't still be enforced or something to that effect. Essentially, it said, like, the, the rules have not changed. The honor code has changed. Right. Right? Yeah. So, so that's, like, the first thing. Right. And that's, like, on a Wednesday or something. Okay. So then Friday comes around, I believe. Friday comes around, and some students at BYU who are openly gay, and on Twitter, this is how I, I saw them, um, had a meeting with the director of the honor code office. Right. Okay. I wanted to type into this. I couldn't find it, but I'm glad that you're bringing it up. Okay. I mean, like I have a pretty good, because right. I've been following this pretty closely, so I have a pretty yeah. good grasp, but like jump in if you remember something that, that I'm forgetting. Okay. So, so they meet with him and ask questions about what this means. What, right. what removing the section. <laughs> Rightfully so. Like what the, what are we doing here? Right. Because Give us some clarity. Clarity. Because on, on clarity? The, Sorry. <laughs> you're good. Clarity. <laughs> um, so on the Wednesday that it, it's first released, a bunch of students who were closeted came out feeling like it was okay. Oh my God. And then yeah. they find out only hours after coming out under these certain circumstances that they had understood that, the, that BYU was like, oh no, you misunderstood. You should not have come out because now you are like, it, you know, the kids that posted those pictures and that kind of stuff. Yeah. They run the risk of getting punished for that. And right. so on Friday they meet and, and these students talk to the honor code uh, director and he says, do you, you don't remember his name? I don't remember his name. It's okay. I have a personal connection 
to somebody who works at the honor code office okay i won't i won't reveal Man, it you got all kinds of connections <laughs> here maybe you're a spy no no it's just it's just luck of the i mean the more as you've said before the mormon church is just a really small world <laughs> sure right? sure um so the honor code director essentially s- says look as long as you're following the law of chastity which is you know like no over the pants stuff or further right like that like that kind of thing right okay as long as you're not doing that, it doesn't matter. You can hold hands, you can hug, you can kiss, you can date, and all that. And the students are like, you can do all of this. The weird caveat about this whole thing is that they said, as long as you're not planning to get married. So that's so weird, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you can go and, like, make out and hold hands and, you know, derf or whatever the hell you want to do, as long as you don't do it with the intention to get married, which is ass backwards, from what you do if you're in a heterosexual relationship because right. it's all about marriage. Right, right. So that's crazy. But yeah. anyway, so that's, you had a high point with the change. You had a low point hours later with the, with BYU on their official Twitter account saying like, <laughs> psych, and then another high point on that Friday, right? Now, the 19th was like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. So like a week and a half later, this Wednesday that just happened, um, an email is sent out to all of the BYU students with an official document, a statement from, I think it was the president of, no, no, no. Cause is that still Worthen? Kevin, Kevin Worthen? I think so. Or Oh, it was a CES director. It was some CES director. Okay. Uh, a document from his office signed in his name that said the changes in the honor code um, do not mean that you can, go and and be homosexual the changes are simply removed the law of chastity and and all that goes along with the general like congruence or agreement of modern day revealed doctrine which it's implied i believe i don't have this document have you seen this document i have seen it okay so i don't remember exactly how it says essentially it says you can't be gay like don't don't be mistaken. Just removing that oh, no, section. Wait, sorry, I was mis- I, I are you referring to? I thought you were referring to when how they just like shared the proclamation and was like this is still is still abide by this. Basically. I don't remember the I don't remember the church or BYU doing that. I remember Desnet doing a lot of that. Uh, okay, I I do remember that. Okay, so this document that came out on Wednesday had quotes from the proclamation. Right. But but you're talking about the proclamation specifically. No, I think you're right. I think I had quotes from it. I okay. think I fucked up, yeah. No, because <laughs> like the week prior to all this, like the week in between the meeting between students and the honor code director and this document that just came out a couple days ago, uh, Desnat had like printed out the proclamation and was like posting it all over the school and like they started the, the Save BYU movement and all that, right? Right, right. So yeah, so there's all that additional just unnecessary you know drama yeah but then they share this document that essentially says just because we removed it doesn't mean we won't enforce it the the proclamation uh the the proclamation to the world makes it clear that like this is the church's stance on homosexuality and the place of the family and since then i haven't seen any updates because i have been avoiding getting on twitter as much as possible right i I don't blame you yeah but, okay, so that's like another low point, right? And there's no really high points that I can report on from this aspect of the church, but there is a really cool high point that follows that, which is that 
the LGBT community and, and allies within the church have really come together in the past couple of days. Yeah, they really have. And there's the, there's the fund. It's a community within the community. <laughs> yeah, 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 a little, little sub-community there. It really there. is, yeah. But there's, there's a fund for students who need to transfer from I BYU. saw that, and so I, I, I looked at this, I believe it was at least 48 hours ago, and it was above 20 grand. Yeah. When I saw it, that was like two or three days ago. All I know about it is what you told me the other day. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So essentially. That's right. I sent you a screenshot and I was like, what the fuck? That's a lot of money. <laughs> and that's when we decided that we needed to like yeah. add this extra episode. Right. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And um, so um, there's, yeah, there's been a lot of community building the past couple of days. Um, and, uh, you know. It might be weird to say this, but like it, it's I, I, I feel like in a r- weird roundabout way, it's brought some good because people are coming together and people are realizing that this is an unfair organization that's not treating people as well as they could or should. And uh, to everybody out there saying, well, you know, they're a private organization. They have the right to sure they have the right to. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're free from criticism. That doesn't mean that they're free from, um, um, criticism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're not free from like societal or communal or or communal, like within the Mormon church, the, the backlash from that. Right. And they're also not free from legal recourse. Right. Which is part of why this happened in the first place, as you were saying, uh, alluding to the Supreme court. I, I'm again, I'm only that's kind of my understanding and what makes the most sense. It's like an Occam razor thing for me. Okay. Um, I I don't know that for sure. So I'm not, it's not an accusation. It just seems to line up. And I wish the church was more charitable in the way that they dealt with the LGBT community. If, if the church was more charitable, then I wouldn't have a a strong reason to believe that. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, Um, But exactly like the, you know, just because you're a private organization does not mean that you can do whatever you want if you um if you're affecting a marginalized group of people or you are the reason that a group of people is marginalized in your area it makes sense for somebody outside of that community outside of the mormon community to come in and participate and correct that yeah there was actually a tweet that i saw the other day that i really liked i don't remember who it was um but it was just somebody on, somebody on Twitter that I saw, and it said, you know, um, it, it, it was getting at that point. It was like, well, BYU is a private organization, right? And so people shouldn't be able to affect how or, or change, like say that BYU has to change. However, relationships, like a marriage, for example, is a private union. So if there's like, if my next door neighbors over here are married, that's not my business. However, if I hear and witness that there is an there is abuse happening in that relationship, mm-hmm. I have not only a, a legal um, right to intervene in that in some way, which is probably probably the best case is probably just notifying notifying, you know, uh, the police or something like that. Okay, but also a moral obligation to intervene in that, right? Yeah, And so when abuse is happening in the church, when the church is legally, like definitionally by 
by legal definition, um, discriminating against the LGBT community, then people who may be external to that or third party to that in some way have a, a moral obligation or at least a moral right to comment on it, to try to make changes and influence things for the better. And what I love is that people are doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Folks, people on the wrong side of history almost always had a legal right to be on the wrong side of history. Um, a lot of, uh, not all, but a lot of the people on the right side of history um, broke the law, uh, went to jail. Um, you know, it, it's... It, <laughs> It's, you know, this whole, like, oh, you know, they're a private organization. They have the right, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, <coughs> people who are more concerned about religious freedom than they are about um, protecting people who aren't in a safe space. Um, it's, not a, it's not a good look. It's not going to age well. It's really not. It's, it's so difficult for me to... to understand how you can be on the other side of this of this argument, right? Um, that's not to say that I think that any person who disagrees with me is a bad person. It's, it's really tough because it's a religious thing, and I try very, very hard to be understanding of people with different religious views than me. You, you know, do you know what I'm getting at, or am I not being clear enough? No, absolutely. Yeah, like you just... I mean, there's plenty of ple people, people that who are religious, mm -hmm. who aren't like that, and we love those people. We would love to have one of those people on our podcast. You know, there's a lot of true believing people who are religious, who um, are allies, who are reasonable, caring, loving people, um, and uh, you know, it's just not a black and white thing. There's you know, and there's people who aren't religious who are like absolute bigots. So, you know, it's, it's not a good wager. It's well, not a good way to. Yeah. I, I guess kind of what I'm getting at is like, you know, you've, you've like presented something that's totally true, right? There's a lot of good people who are religious and allies. I guess kind of the point I'm getting at is there are a lot of people who are religious and not allies. And yeah. I still think many of them are good people. And that's sure. That's right. the difficult part I'm getting at is right. like it seems so easy for me to understand. Yeah. See, homophobia isn't always you know loud in your face, yelling the f word. Sometimes it's um, often the majority of homophobia is subtle. It's uh, you know, it's just like oh, I don't have a problem with them, but they're second rate. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> and gonna, they would never word it that way. I'm still gonna vote no on Prop Eight, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's hard to like That's compartmentalize a, that, right? And you know, and people have said the same thing about, uh, like like uh, like racism. You know, racism isn't always this violent, like in your face act. I you know, going back to the church and homophobia. I I was talking to a friend and I and this might sound weird and I'm kind of nervous to say it, but I was like, you know, I'm almost. I almost wish that they would just own their homophobia so that people would at least know where they stand and n know to stay away. Um, now, I, it's not my place 
to say what people should do or how they should handle abuse because I'm a cis straight guy and I I can only I, I can't speak on behalf of the LGBTQ plus so it's hard for me but to 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 navigate that and I try to stay in my lane as much as I can mm-hmm. uh, but it's hard to watch people be in an abusive space yeah and I'm not sure what to do sometimes it's it's really difficult um, one of the things that I've seen a lot this week, not this week, prior to this week, because I haven't been on Twitter this week, is a lot of people saying, oh, no, you know what? It was this week. It was right after that document came out. A lot of people who have a fairly, you know, uh, considerable voice on Twitter said the church is what the church is and the church is not going to change. So leave the church. Like they, they were just like making it black and white. Like if you... If you still if you if you're still in the church, then you're not an ally. You have to leave the church. That's the only way that you can get this done, and and all these kind of things. Yeah, that's. I d- I disagree with that. Yeah, that's that's um. That's. Yeah, I I don't think that that's a, a good take. I I don't think that's a good take. I I understand where it comes from. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. I do. the The thing is, like, is the church, like. Does it have serious discrimination and homophobic problems right now? Absolutely. I don't think anybody can yeah. disagree with that. Right? No, I used to I used to kind of I used to say things like that and I used to be like that. But and I used to roll my eyes at the stay and make it better mentality. And progressive Mormons and all that. But like, but yeah. no, I really think that they're that they can make a change. Um look, the world always changes the church. That's the beautiful irony because they're in the world but not of the world. Yeah. Whatever. Better than every you know, buddy. But the church, the the church is governed by the way the world is. Whether th- they adapt now, it's too slow. Granted, it's too slow of a change. Oh yeah. So that's one problem. They're always about An- fifteen to twenty years behind. Sure. And and then another problem is that they don't apologize, and they don't unexcommunicate people who are punished for a rule before that rule is changed and they don't apologize and they act like, Oh, God told us that this is going to be the way they don't say, Oh, sorry, we sucked for a long time. Mm -hmm. No, they're, they're governed by the world. This is the way. Yeah. So it's funny how you say it because so for example, I agree with you. I think that the people who stay to change the church do change the church, right? Yeah. Um, it, you, you see it right now with all the people who are involved in the community and they're tweeting out at New York Times and they're tweeting out at whoever else has covered the change in the honor code. And they're saying, hey, BYU just released a new document. When Are, are you going to write a follow-up piece to show that BYU wasn't exactly what you reported that they were two weeks ago, right? Um so what, what I'm getting at there is that, like, maybe the people that stay don't have the power within themselves to change the church, but they bring in the national coverage. They bring in the global coverage, and that global pressure, national pressure, is right. what sways the church, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. Um, but even, I'm kind of coming at this from a whole another perspective. So, like, what I'm saying is, like, yes, that's that's a perspective, and I agree with it. The other perspective I have on this is that even if the church has a problem, 
if I believe that the church is true, I'm not going to just up and leave. Right? So there are plenty of people who are who are part of the LGBT community or have some other sort of lifestyle or just like intrinsic quality about themselves that is incongru- incongruent with church doctrine. But in spite of that incongruence, in spite of that dissonance that they experience, they believe that the church's doctrine is true and they can't just abandon that. And I think telling somebody, you know, oh, look, the church is being homophobic again. You better leave because there's no other option. I think that is so dismissive. And I think it does not take into account the feelings and experiences of of a religious person. Right. I'm an atheist through and through. I I am close to being a militant atheist, but I'm never going to tell somebody, I'm never going to gaslight somebody on their own experience. Yeah. I'll talk to you about your experience and Uh say like, you know, well, you know, is it possible that you're, that you're adding a new label to what is simply emotion and and discuss that with you. But if at the end of the day, you're convinced that it's emotion, I don't really have a much better reason or much better method of showing you that it's not. Maybe somebody else does and I'll do that research, but I'm not the guy. So I'm not going to just tell you like, your God doesn't exist. I just want to have a conversation with you about it. And so when somebody, when I see a lot of people with a lot of, you know, gravity, uh, a lot of pull and a big voice on Twitter saying the only solution is to leave. I just think that's the wrong approach. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, so much of the church and so much of religion is top down information, top down instruction, top-down command and there's not a lot of listening there's not a lot of listening to people there's not a lot of bottom-up communication i'll go bottom up i'm, I'm sorry hey. i'm sorry <laughs> oh dude th- thank you we need to man this is such <laughs> a heavy episode i kind of wish we could talk about something funny for a second but yeah i, I think the thing is that it, it's really important and a lot of people are really hurt right now you know what i mean yeah and like i don't think either of us really wants to like treat it irreverently because it is important. There needs to be a worldwide listen to people you disagree with day where you just listen. Everybody listens. Well, I guess if everybody's listening, nobody's talking. How the fuck would that work? <laughs> just a worldwide day where everybody shuts up and nobody speaks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So listening to people is something the church doesn't do enough. They do a little. They have interviews, but that's mainly to see if you're touching yourself. But, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> there just needs to be more listening. Listen to these people. And what? I feel, so, you know, and I feel bad because when I was freshly out of the church, mm-hmm. I was, I don't know, I didn't really understand the nuanced Mormon thing. It was hard for me to wrap my my. As an atheist, it's hard for me to wrap my head around, or at least was hard for me to wrap my head around around it all because, you know, there's part of me going, well, if you think the Old Testament's true and you think the commandments are true, sodomy is a sin. So it's all bullshit. Um, but <laughs> it's hard for me to, it, it at least was hard for me to wrap my head around that because, you know, that's why I, I think the future of the church really is nuance and non-literal belief. I really do. I, it's, the only th- it's the only way it'll work. I mean, it's already going that way. It's already a pretty 
rapidly now it's got a long way to go to get to that point it might take a while right but that's the direction i think they're headed you know the first time that you told me that i thought that maybe i disagreed a little bit the more that you say it the more i'm like yeah you're right and i like i see ways in which the church is kind of heading in that direction because from a purely logical point of view oof this sounds rough i these does not like conservative mormon people you know i mean i kind of get where they're coming from because they did get this proclamation that was very specific and i could see where they're coming from like yeah this is why we were given this in the 90s because god saw this coming i see where they're coming from and i hate saying that and i hate those people do not get me wrong <laughs> but like you know what i mean it's it's hard because there is doctrine and there is this you know quote-unquote revelation against uh you know homosexual acts and so like i understand harmful as it may be i understand why they are homophobic because they grew up in that they they're used to that and logically it wouldn't make sense for god to to give these specific commandments and change his mind about it yeah because it and i mean because it's not real that's my opinion you, you know what i'm saying uh that's it's 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 really tough i i at the end of the day i think when it comes to what's going on right now the epistemological and the, the theological aspects of this kind of have to get put on the back burner and we just have to talk about like the pragmatic aspects yeah. of the honor code of the law Right. And of the people who are involved in the situation. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, God gave us gave us agency according to Mormon doctrine. And so who who the hell are you to, to tell kids that they can't? You know? Yeah. And if these kids aren't breaking the law of chastity, if they're not you, the whole the whole point of what you just said, you're like, you know, sodomy is a sin according to the to the Bible. Sure, that's fine. If these kids are dating each other, that doesn't necessarily mean that right. they're participating in right. that, right? Like, right. you know, and like right. half the half of the kids at BYU are doing that just just to, to like get over this, um, just to like put it out there. Yeah, the the married kids at BYU that want to try that are doing it, uh-huh. right? And they don't see anything wrong with it, right? <laughs> right, and so. Right. Why punish the the kids at BYU who aren't even doing that for having the appearance of it? Right. You know, and that's so bad. Like that's not that's not true at all. Yeah. That's the perceived that's the perceived notion there. For sure. For yeah. sure. Right. Yeah. There's a. I mean, there's enough problems with just the honor code in general, law chastity in general, but then this is a whole new level of unfair. Uh, because you know like to tell people they can't even hold hands and cuddle in public like there was a there was a picture on the internet of you know two football players like holding hands on the right. sideline like out of support just like as like a bonding moment and somebody some you know gay student was like oh cool like if i want to hold hands with a guy i'll just have to sign up for football then it's allowed you know like 
yeah it's just uh it's not fair you know the law of chastity sucks enough but then you're gonna tell people they can't date come on there is there is nothing and here's another thing heterosexuals are allowed to get married outside of the temple and so aren't they encouraged to do it now to get married outside of the temple get married outside of the temple first isn't that uh, if there's something that's, if there's some reason why they can't go to the temple quite yet, they would rather them get married and not be tempted to break the law of chastity. So a, a bishop <laughs> sure. would probably encourage you to go ahead and get married outside of the temple. Yeah. But I just, I just what thought I'm that, getting like, at. The general policy there was changed like two years ago or something. I don't know. No worries. It's, it's but, a but, uh, but, uh, you know, they're telling them you can date, but don't, don't get married. Well, um, like why not? If it's totally legal, even in Utah, it's legal to get married. Are you telling them that they can't do something that's totally legal? So that what was, until they graduate, then they can. That was actually a weird thing that I had after Russell Nelson uh, gave a devotional talk back in 2019, mm-hmm. and he announced that um, the law of chastity would be enforced the same for uh, heterosexual relationships as it would for homosexual relationships, which led to the logical conclusion in my mind that gay marriage would then have to be um, recognized by the church. Uh, This is a little bit of a tangent. This is a little bit of a conspiracy theory on Uh, on my end. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot, and I haven't quite taken the time to, to fully like you know flesh it out but yeah um yeah i I just think it kind of goes along with with what you're saying that you know if you're going to treat them equal then you're eventually going to have to recognize that yeah yeah even heterosexual couples are are instructed to not even kiss passionately i mean you know i've never kissed passionately (laughs) in my life (laughs) yeah it's a rated so there was something you said earlier that I just want to go back to to touch to to give Uh-oh. credit where credit say? just just to give credit where credit's due, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was about the church listening. So you had mentioned that you know the church isn't very good at listening. Um, not something that I necessarily disagree with. The only th- thing I want to add to that is that the church has changed, um, even if they're you know fifteen to twenty years late every at, at each turn. Uh, the church has and does meet with different groups. And get their perspectives on things. Um, I think Russell Nelson was at a convention with uh, with an organization that represented the African American community in the U.S. just last year, right? Yes. Um, he got a lot of criticism for it <laughs> from from ex Mormons, um, but at the end of the day, the church is in somewhere where they might be able to learn something. And so I just I that was it. I just wanted to mention like right. credit credit where sure. credit's due. For sure. Um, you know they're they're doing some things. Yeah, I mean, listening is is great for PR, you know, if it's publicly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you make good points. <laughs> uh, no, you're but right. You're the, right. the official stance of the Latter Day Ains podcast is that credit where credits due. For sure, for sure. <clears throat> so, yeah. um, one thing. And that honestly, I, I sorry, I, I I really do feel bad for <laughs> the the poor, you know, people who who work at BYU, who who work at the honor code office who are trying to make it work and are good people man i feel bad for them they must be having a rough time right now yeah for not real. as rough as the lgbt students but <laughs> i mean you know 
I mean, who knows? Some of them might also be part of that community. The the person that, that I know at the Honor Code office, I know would have a very strong personal investment in all the, the stuff that's going on. And so I, I know that it's not easy, um, you know, for the people that, that work in that office. I'm not, I can't speak to the motivation for working in that office for each individual there, but I would have to assume that at least some of them are motivated to work there for um, very personal reasons and that they're really motivated on on making sure that the honor code is working in the right way. What I'm saying is that I assume that people are well-intentioned even if they mess up. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, the people who stay in the church to try to change it, I think will have good luck working with those people who are motivated for the right reasons. Yeah. I'm I am optimistic. I think that um man, I hope that things, you know, that things get better and uh that they you know <laughs> they're really the church is really in a tough spot because when they make a change they're you know it's oh you're pandering or oh you might piss off some of your conservative members they just can't do good no matter what they do and then if they if they don't make a change it's like well fuck you for not d- making a change right and um you know, but hey, they they've put themselves in this position. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It's the the whole the whole point that you're getting at is that there shouldn't be a need for a change. That's the issue. Uh huh. Right. You know. Well, look at what the church look at what the church used to be just a couple decades ago. You had people giving talks in general conference saying that if you're righteous, you won't want to act gay. Yep, and conversion therapy and anti-communist and so <laughs> they're having to transition <laughs> yeah step by step away from that in such a way that makes it look like they're not pandering to the world when they really are and it's like how do you do that it's you get you get this is yep. what you get when you're trying to clean up such a mess you did this i'm just kidding lds church you did this you, you did the things that you did that's, uh, there's a part in the, this Blink-182 song I like where there's this there's this whisper right before it goes into the chorus yeah. on the song Down. It's like, you did this. And it's like, tidal waves, they rip right through me. Anyways. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You, you get a little whiskey in you and you just start singing. We're we're drinking High West Silver. It's a, Is this local? This is a sponsored ad. No, it's not a sponsored ad. It is local. Dude, so Lou saved this, and he hasn't opened this for like a couple weeks because he's waiting for me, which is so kind of him. (laughs) Well, I got it so that we could try it on Um, the next episode, and this just happens to be the next episode. I love it. And, um, but dude, I won't lie. I do not love the way this tastes. It tastes a lot more like vodka. Yeah. It's an an oak whiskey. Which it is a lot harder for me to drink vodka straight up than whiskey believe it or not that's true and we're drinking this pretty pretty damn straight up yeah we are because we don't want the ice to clink during the episode hey we've made that mistake before so we're drinking this neat it's pretty neat okay yes okay so this is what i wanted to make sure that we that we mentioned because they're you know it's it's i feel weird talking about these topics sometimes because i don't want to just talk about them as like you know participating in the conversation but not actually being invested in it. i want to like 
I want to make sure that people know that like I care about these things. That's that's why we wanted to do this episode and why we wanted to do it now, even though we have a couple of episodes that are already scheduled to come out. And we just want to release this one because it's important. And, and you know, I don't know if this is going to help anybody, but, you know, it's it's there. And so what we want people to know is that if you have been affected by the just the events that have happened over the past couple of weeks at BYU regarding the honor code, there are plenty of people who love you and will support you and want to help you in any way that they can, and that includes us. Um, I know for certain that if you have access to Twitter, that there is somebody there that has open DMs that wants you to reach out to them and, and they're willing to help. I know that I've done, the, done that in the past and I've been very lucky to find people like Donnie here who I reached out to one time what on up? Twitter and uh, he, he met up with me when I relocated to Happy Valley, Utah, man. So there are people out there um, and seek them out. Uh, if you are not on Twitter and, um, you, you know, I never assume that we're the best recourse. I, I always assume that, you know, somebody might have a better one. But if you don't have a better one, reach out to our email, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll be happy to interact one-on-one. It'll either be Donnie or, or me. And um, if we can point you in a direction for somebody who's better qualified than us, we'll do our darndest. And if we are the best you got then we'll do our darndest and lou um and lou has been uh he is a byu alum alumni that that's true yeah and uh he you know is a little bit more qualified in this conversation than i am (laughs) and uh i mean i don't know about qualified necessarily when when i went to byu i didn't i i did not feel a part of the lgbt community i might have had some positions and views that I just would absolutely not I would not be proud of today um but uh I I am a part of that community today so you know but at the end of the day we just want to help right yeah yep that's all we're trying to do um I think we we're going to share the link to that to that fundraiser right um to the transfer fund yes Yes. I mean, you don't have to do it right this minute. This won't go out until tomorrow or the day after. <laughs> right, but right. Um, So we're going to tweet that out so that you can access that and get in contact with the people who are affiliated and associated with that. And I'm sure just by even looking up that link, you will find plenty of people who love you and want to be part of part of your life. In fact, I saw a tweet the other day that was talking about, you know, the, the protests that were happening on BYU campus, I believe, just yesterday. And people were talking about how it was like, you meet these absolute strangers and people already have this strong connection of being an LGBT Mormon. Right. Uh-huh. And they're like, so we spend three hours protesting together and validating each other. And then we go, by the way, what do you like to do? Yeah. Right. Like after already spending all this time, just absolutely validating each other and having the strong yeah. connection. Yeah. And so there are plenty of people that, that want to be connected yeah. with you. Let's and go I th- get some pizza and drink whiskey. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You you reach out to us and, and we might um, make that happen. If, if you're interested in coming on and talking to us about your your experience in the church, we'll, we'll get some pizza and whiskey and eat and, and just listen to you. Um, there yes. was one thing that we did want to announce, though, right? That the Latter-day Saints podcast is going to donate 
Um, yes. Just, just it's it's we are an amateur podcast, so we're not you know participating at like a corporate level here. We're just gonna do a little donation from from Lou and from me um, to the transfer fund, um, and I believe. Do we agree on a hundred dollars? Yes, that that's, sounds good. That's that's what we're gonna do. Um, if you would like to donate, you'll be able to find that link on our Twitter. Absolutely. And if you have the means, that'd be great. But uh, you know, not everybody does, and so there's no pressure there. Just do your best to uh, to help the community as you can. Absolutely. That's it. I just wanted to make sure that we got that in at some point. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you had more more thoughts on this topic. Not really. That's yeah. Well, sorry to go off on that on that uh, no, no. housekeeping rant there, but um, yeah, we just hope that you guys are all doing doing great, and we're, I guess, happy that you're listening to us. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, are. We are so happy, and uh, like uh, a lot of podcasts will will ask for donations for them, but don't don't give us money. Go give go give them money, because you know, even though. I do need it. I don't need it as much as them. <laughs> but no, yeah, sure. go, yeah, go donate, and uh, you know, if you can, even if it's just a couple, couple bucks, you know, yeah. And if you do that, we appreciate Maybe you. Maybe one less, ta- one less trip to Taco Bell, and you can make a little <laughs> donation. You know, little, little, every little bit helps. I think I can do about five fewer trips to Taco Bell per oh, week. That sounds so good right now. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, we, we thank you for joining us for this uh, special special episode of the Latter Day It's podcast. Uh, I have been Lou. I have been Don. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Oh no, I'm sad.